Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. I woke up this morning and the first words out of my mouth, I, my, I was on the pillow my, and I just woke up and the first thing I said was, this is not my kingdom. This around me is not my kingdom. And the Lord consistently right now is really dealing with me about this. You know, the Bible only teaches two kingdoms. And he, he said to me, he said, son, he said, this kingdom is inferior. You are in the midst of an inferior kingdom. But the one above where I am is so superior. And that's why I've asked you to set your affections on things above and not on things beneath. And you know, that's the real issue. Every day, every single one of us get to make, make that choice. And I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm and I, I feel funny because I don't want to keep like talking about myself in this thing. But he is making me so aware of heaven. And even like this morning, I was just doing my devotions. I was reading through the book of Matthew. And, you know, and I was just seeing again, like we're still talking, by the way. I'm going to still talk. I'm still talking this message about earthbound right now uh, that in John 3. And I'll, I'll re, I want to read that again just to refresh your minds. How many of you really... I know that you're going to say you believe the Bible, but how many of you really want, really want to believe what Jesus said is true? Um, and I was reading long, and, you know, I just saw again, over and over again, how just Jesus touched, you know, Peter's mother-in-law, she was healed. Uh, he, then somebody else comes up, another one blind man comes up, and he says, be healed. Then I forget where was another, the little girl that died. He touched her and immediately she rose. And then these two blind men come up to him and, and he says, what do you want? I always think it's funny. He says, what do you want from me? I mean, Jesus asks us what we want from him. And they said, we want to see. And so he simply touched their eyes and he said, be healed. And they were instantaneously healed. Now, just help me for a moment. Just Think, think with me. Stop, hello, give me your attention. Just, what must it, what must it really have been like? Use your imagination. What must it have really been like to be a couple of the disciples right around Jesus at that? I mean, what must it have been like to sit here and watch two totally blind people come up and he goes, okay, boom. And you watch them instantly begin to rejoice. And just, you know, they, they're instantaneously healed. They see this over and over. I mean, what, seriously, what must that have done to them? To me, I mean, like I said, I've, I've seen a few incredible instantaneous miracles, like I said, that, and they do just, it does freak you out when you actually see something physically just disappear or what have you. Again, as simple as it was this morning, he said, he reminded me, I mean, I just see I'm struggling because I simply want us to believe the book. I want us to believe the man. 
But did Jesus, did he actually say, did he actually say that the works that he did, we would do also? Did he, did he actually say that? I, I mean, he did say that, right? Right? Doesn't that... Doesn't that provoke something in you that, you know, don't think about somebody else having it happen through them. Can you understand that God wants you to really embrace, really begin to understand the higher kingdom that's available and to really meditate and understand what he has done for you through the death and resurrection of Jesus. He really wants you to begin to see that you are filled with God. And see, that has to quit being hypothetical. It, it, you, you've got to go from theory to practice. Now, I spoke this morning about reverencing God. I want everybody in here to reverence God and to listen. Please don't be distracted. Please separate yourself from conversations. Do you know that it's true? It only takes one word from heaven to change your entire life. I said it only takes one word that comes from heaven. It only takes one word. I don't know if you want change, but see, I, I'm serious about it. Now. I want change. I want change. I want change. I have made a decision. I believe there's a higher life available. I believe there's a higher life available. And with all humility, I want it. I want it. I really want it. I'm 70 years young. And there's a whole lot of stuff I want to see. But see, as I hope it doesn't sound pompous. I want you to see it too. I really, 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 really double, triple, quadruple. I really want us together to learn how to cooperate with his kingdom. I do not want to be a church, a group of people that just come to be instructed. I want us to be a group of people who really do say, here I am. I mean, the word yield, where I just finally give up and say, I yield myself to you. I yield my spirit. I yield my soul. I'm going to think on things you tell me to think of. I rebuke any thought whatsoever that doesn't line up with you. I mean... I rebuke that. I mean, I'm going to be so quick. I'm going to be like a chicken on a June bug, my daddy used to say. I mean, the, yeah, a bug, used to, we had those 5,000 chickens, 5,000 white leghorn chickens in this big pen. And I tell you, a bug fly and land in that pen, that bug didn't have a chance. I mean, then chickens were on that bug like supernaturally lightning fast. And I'm telling you something, I'm enjoying... It is warfare, let's be honest, it is warfare. But I am really finally, after all these years, when, like I said, I'm telling you, 
I'm not going to allow that thought to stay in me. Any thought that says no, that begins to doubt, that begins to say something other than what I know God's will is for my life, any, any of those. The Lord said strongly, he said, Sim, he said, I said it, I think, last week, any place of hopelessness, anything, any place of hopelessness, depression, frustration that's in you, that voice is not from God. I've been teaching on these voices how that word means, the living voice. The word living voice. It's his living voice. Everything he says brings life. If it begins to depress, put down, cause worry, and that comes to all of us at some point every day at times, but I mean, you can cast those suckers down. They do not have to stay there. And yes, it is an exercise. It's an exercise. It doesn't happen overnight. But I'm telling you, God is not a man that he should lie. If you keep at it, bless God, you will find yourself free. I said you will find yourself free from any antagonizing negativity, any of that stuff that literally has its birth in hell. God is for you. <laughs> well, I'm trying to come on, I tell you. But so we're talking about the language of heaven. This guy that I serve opened blind eyes like we open a can of mayonnaise. <laughs> And this guy said, and see, you need to let him, listen, you need to let Jesus look you straight in the face and get your attention. He needs to get your attention. He needs to be able to say something like, David, everything I did, you can do. I mean, you really need to let his eyes linger. Everything I, everything I did, everything I did. Why, why would he say that if he didn't mean it? Why would he say that if he hasn't, if, if it's not in the divine plan of God? Why would he say that if he did not make provision for that to be so? But please, please, do you not... Understand with me that the devil desperately does not want us to think that way. Please, please, did you hear what I said? Do you not understand that hell for centuries, that's why, you know, the dark ages, oh, just under a thousand years, just under a thousand years, no Bible was allowed to be read. Um, the only people that could read it were priests of the Roman Catholic Empire. But even they, many of them, the majority of them couldn't speak Latin. They couldn't even read it. 
And then they began to create all these, I was teaching on this during this last weekend, but they began to bring up all these royal decrees, I mean royal, excuse me, papal decrees from Rome and church councils where they begin to say that what they had been shown, the information they now have supersedes scripture. In other words, it's more important now than what scripture says. And so, I mean, for a thousand years, hell, do you understand that was what hell did? Hell, listen, hell brings you into bondage through religion. More than any other, any other, any other, any other tool he has, he uses false teachers. I said he uses false teachers. His job is to get devil's doctrines into the church of the living God. His job is to get greasy stuff in here that begins to sound like we're talking about God, but where Jesus isn't glorified, where the Holy Spirit isn't lifted up, where his truth isn't magnified. And he wants us to get, he wants us to get bound up in some tradition that we suddenly find ourselves we're comfortable with. I got to tell you, the word of God, when it comes to you, will challenge you. Because everything about God, he wants to lift you higher. Just like the song, it was cool that we did that. But hear me. He really wants us to understand. I mean, I still, I quote it all the time, but see, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with that verse in Colossians chapter 2. I don't know what to do with that verse that says that you too are in Christ and that in him now you too are filled with the fullness, the fullness, not a little bit. Listen, I, he says, you and I are filled, crammed to over the top with the fullness of the Godhead. And it says, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I don't know what to do with that verse. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't know what to do with that. Do I throw it out of the Bible? I mean... Honestly, again, if you are honest, when you read words like that, actually you kind of say, wow, that's great, hallelujah, but you kind of set it to the side because your experience <laughs> sure doesn't look anything like somebody that's been full, filled with the fullness of Godhead bodily. But don't you see, this is why we have to fight. We have to cast down lies and somebody has to begin to have the courage I said, somebody has to have the courage to actually begin to say at least to agree with the fact that somehow, someway that stuff is available. It's, it's there. I mean, if we believe the book, if we believe what he said, then that's there. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. What I'm trying to see, this is why it's like, 
when you when you begin to study, you begin. It, I think God does. He loves us so much. He begins to create some kind of holy frustration in you that longs for more. Or you can just say, "I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to worry about it. I'm too caught up here." And this is the issue. My God, I know. I know. I know. I know how easy. I mean, listen. I wake up on Mondays just like you do. I wake up on Tuesdays just like you do. I wake up every one of those days just like you do and I'm out in this world in some way shape or fashion and I'm telling you I know how easy it is to just live in this kingdom but God says we can live with the recognition that this is not my kingdom this is not my kingdom man this is not my kingdom just say that It really isn't. See, I, I don't have to conform to this kingdom. I don't have to conform to this kingdom. There's, there's something better. There's something better waiting for me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hallelujah. I start all of this. Let me just, like I said, I am. I just the, the, something going on in me so deep, man. And I'm not trying to sound pompous. Jesus in John three. I'll read these verses that I started with again, the very beginning of this series. Then I'm just going to share a couple other things. Like I said, we're going to stop. But this is where Jesus, you know, Nicodemus, where Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, and he said, "Except you are, except you be born again." He said, you gotta, you're going to have to be born again. And so this human mind goes to work like any of ours would. And that's how, what still happens to us today. God says, you can do what I, what I do. And your mind says, well, well okay, how? And Jesus said, um, you must be born again. Nicodemus answered by asking, how can all this be possible? Jesus replied in verse 10, are you the teacher of Israel and yet do not know or understand these things? Are these things strange to you? I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, we speak only of what we know. We know absolutely what we're talking about. We have actually seen what we're testifying to and we were eyewitnesses of it. And still you do not receive our testimony. You reject and refuse our evidence, that of myself and of all those who are born of the Spirit. But verse 12 is what I want you to see again real quick. Look at verse 12. Jesus said, you listening? I know we got kids in here and whatever, but it's cool. Try to just get above it. It's okay. I mean, I'm proud. Thank God for the children. If I have, Jesus said in verse 12, if I have told you of things that happened here on the earth, and yet you don't believe me, how can you believe me if I tell you of heavenly things? And why I re speak that is because I want you to see he's, spe he's speaking from this kingdom. He's not speaking from this kingdom. He's not from this kingdom, is he? Is he? And he's saying, what he's saying there when you look at it, he says, I know I'm going to have to talk to you about some things and earthly things. That's why he spoke to people in parables. He said, but I want to talk to you about heavenly things. I want to get you 
to understand another way. Another way. That's what Matthew 6.33 really means again when he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I don't care how many times I've said it. Please hear this again. Anything and everything you want, anything that the Gentiles seek, money, clothes, freedom, anything you want, Jesus said, will be given unto you. He, but listen, he said, if you'll just, it says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. But then what that word means, remember, please hear me. It says, seek his way of doing. In other words, he's saying, if you'll find out how the kingdom operates, if you'll find out how the kingdom operates, then you can function that way. And then all those things that the Gentiles are seeking will be added unto you. Do you, do you understand that's good news? I said, is that, I said that's good news? He does not mind if you want a brand new car. He does not mind if you want a bigger house. He does not mind you wanting any of those things. He could care less. Do you understand again? That's why, listen to me. Do you really, really, have you really understood that silver and gold mean absolutely nothing to God? Now, really, where he lives, seriously, think about it. That's why gold he uses to pave streets. I mean, just think about that. It has no value there. So us down here on earth, he kind of freaks out that we're freaking out about gold and silver when he's up there scratching his head going, I, listen, I use that for dirt. The only thing that carries value in heaven is something called truth. 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 So he's trying to get us to understand Heavenly things. Then go to John 3 again, where John the Baptist is saying in verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. He must grow more and more prominent. I must grow less so. And then in verse 31, this is the one that started me on this whole series. It says, he, this is why, again, I love the Amplified Bible. He who comes from above is far above all others. But I see, he just stopped me. Have you ever been reading a scripture and God just stopped you dead? I mean, dead stop you, man. I said, don't go any further. Read that again. That's what happened to me. And it's when I read this, he who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of earth. And he just stopped me and he said, it's your call. It's your choice. If you keep talking the language of earth, you're going to be bound to the earth. See, to me, that was dynamic. It's your choice, he said. And I said at the very beginning of this whole thing, you see, you don't have a choice about whether or not you're going to live by words. Did you hear me? You don't have a choice about that. I'm sorry whether or not you're going to live by words because you're going to live by words because that's how God created and that's the system he uses. But like I said, not trying to be clever, you don't have a choice about whether or not you live by words, but you can choose which words you're going to live by. I'm, I'm, I'm making my choice. And see, it's amazing because you begin to understand so much quicker. It's like the difference between the heart and the mind. And I've had to understand, you know, people, when they first started talking about the words of your mouth, remember how people took it to an extreme and, you know, people would joke and say, well, you turkey. And people would say, oh, don't say that. The dude might start sprouting feathers. I mean, literally, they actually used to say stuff like that. But, I mean, 
see, I think both you and I are intelligent enough to understand the difference between casual conversation and words that come from the heart. I want to say that again. I think you know the difference between casual conversation, but then something that comes from gut level. See, Julie and I, we talk, we sit in the, at the house sometimes, we'll talk and we'll joke, and, or like Emmanuel, when I was joking with the man yesterday, you know, we'll joke back and forth. That's casual conversation. But that's not stuff that comes from the heart. But listen, what I'm trying to get to is this. You do know what it means when you do say something from the heart. And see, that's what he's everywhere trying to catch your attention. When you talk from the heart, you're releasing an incredible power. You're releasing an incredible, an incredible force. And so you really have to be aware of the difference. It's okay to have casual conversation. But let me tell you, this is why when the pressure comes... You do find out what's in your heart. I said you do find out what's in your heart. But what I started to say before, I don't think I ever finished the statement, but every, you know, when places of hopelessness, when frustration and stuff, I mean, when that stuff is all over your thinking, any place of hopelessness, again, is a lie. Anything that says you have no hope is a lie. But the issue is, if you believe the lie, you empower the liar that's behind the lie. And so the way you destroy hopeless thinking, places of frustration, is real simple. It's so simple you won't like me saying it. It's by keeping the promises of God in front of your face. I mean, Dom, that was a great song, man, and great little thing, but like that little statement up there, what you continue to see. Listen, what you keep seeing, what you keep before your eyes is going to affect your life. What's, I said what's in front of your eyes all the time is going to affect your life. But anyhow, let me go on real quick. So the language of the earth, he who's from the earth speaks the language of earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. But he who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. It is what, and I, I just love this stuff. It is, I can preach this every week for a while. It is, well, I have been. <laughs> it is to what he, Jesus, has actually seen and heard that he bears testimony to. And yet John says right now, no one is accepting his testimony as true. But listen to verse 33. He said, but whoever receives his testimony, listen to this. See, you've you got to work with Scripture. You don't skim it. I said you have to work with the Word of God if you want it to come alive. You have to slow down, speak it slowly, think on the words. Whoever receives his testimony, and, other, and anybody here received the testimony of Jesus, I have received the testimony. I, I, let's put it this way. I'm in the process of receiving the testimony of Jesus Christ because I haven't arrived yet. But listen, are you guys going to sleep already? Whoever receives his testimony has set his seal of approval to this. God is true. Now that's powerful. I said that's powerful, but even right there, see, some of it just flies right over our head. 
it says that at some point something snaps, something pops, something goes, I mean, just like that where you suddenly, you put your seal, something puts your seal on. This is truth. God is truth. Everything else is a lie. This is the real kingdom. This is an inferior kingdom. But this is the real stuff. This is the real stuff. This stuff, but then that means you're going to begin to believe what he said. This is why you've got to guard your heart above all that you guard. I said you've got to guard your heart above all that you guard. Because your destiny is in your heart. But then the word says what's in your heart comes out your mouth. I said what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. What's in, and, but he's trying to get us to see that that should be a positive, not a negative. Hallelujah. Just make sure the good stuff's in your heart. And this is why last time I spoke, we talked the basics of Mark 4, Matthew 8, about Matthew 13, rather, about the sower sows the word. Remember that third type of soil. The issue is always the soil. The issue is the soil, which is your heart. But he, and the third type of soil, he said, remember, some seed has been sown among thorns. Everybody say thorns. And he's, those thorns are voices other than God's voice. I said, please let him hear this. Those thorns are any voice that doesn't line up with his voice. And that voice, he said, will suffocate. It will suffocate or it will strangle the good seed. So what do we do? This is why, again, you please learn to read. <laughs> unless you read this book and see what God's will is, how are you going to know whether or not a voice is of God or voices of the devil. But again, see, we take it too lightly. Some of those little, like I said, words that come across, you, un you have to understand, it is true. Faith does come from hearing. I said faith does come from hearing. See, God set that in motion, but you're the one that makes the choice of what you hear. God set that in motion, but you're the one who makes the choice about what you're going to hear. God set that truth in motion. This is why you got to watch where you hang around. You can't hang around people that always say you won't do it. You can't do it. In your case, it won't happen. You're different. You can't let a voice come to say, well, all of that stuff is for other people. I guess it ain't for me. All that stuff is for somebody else. It won't happen for me. That's a devil. See, seriously. You have to get that serious about it. That isn't just some casual voice. There's either, listen, it's either a living voice or it's a devil voice. Get, get that drastic. <laughs> Whatever it takes for you to understand, that's a devil. That's a devil. That's a devil that says you're going to be a failure for the rest of your life. That's a devil. What, don't listen to devils. It's kind of dumb to listen to devils. Whoever receives his testimony has set a seal of approval to this. God is true. That man has definitely certified. I hope that man is you. That man has definitely certified, acknowledged, and declared once and for all and is himself assured of the divine truth that God cannot lie. 
Hallelujah, right? I mean, he can't lie. He can't lie. Verse 34, for since he, and this is the one that really got me going, for since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, and this is why I ask you the question, can you and I speak the words of God? Can we? Can we do what the scripture says? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. May the words of my mouth, uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord my God. Set a guard, O God, set a guard on my mouth that my lips might not sin against thee. Set a guard. <laughs> Set a guard on my mouth. Set a guard on my mouth. For since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's message, God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. The more I'm trying to tell you, the more you keep God's message, God's will, God's word in your mouth, the more the measure of the Holy Spirit you're going to begin to experience. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm sharing with you what the word of God says. I'm back on, okay. Like Julie and I do. Seven minutes. Words. I went back to Genesis. Let me just try to finish with this. I'm just going to read a couple of thoughts. Back in, you know, when I shared when God made man. You listening still? When God made man. I, to me, I don't, like I said, you got to be like a little kid. This ear, this ear, faith comes by hearing, right? Right? This ear, the very first ear, the very first ear. The very first eardrum, the very first capacity to hear. The, you see, the, when you study the Bible, it's called the law. You've heard me say this many times. You've been here. It's the law of first mention. They're spiritual laws. These things are spiritual. They're, listen, super. Everybody say super. God's word carries supernatural ability. There are super natural laws there are natural laws like gravity and i tell you gravity works every single time down here in this doesn't it and like i said but why would we think why would we dare to think that super natural laws don't function absolutely see when i god's word is super natural i like what bill johnson he makes a simple statement about it he said Every word of God carries the Father's DNA. Every word, every word, it's got the DNA of God. I said it's got the DNA of God in it. It carries God. Words are vehicles that are full of something. Like I said one of those weeks a while back, I said, you know, you can't see words, but you can sure feel them. Right? And I mean, and just, again, go back. Paul, this stuff, this is what I mean to me. It's, this is an extra. 
he said, I don't grow discouraged. I don't faint since I don't look. I don't look at this. I do not look at things which are seen. Man, you know, don't just let that be a verse that you just... Paul said he, somehow he trained himself. He was living from here. He wasn't living from here. He'd been with Jesus. He said, I don't look at things that are seen. Because I understand this stuff is subject to change. But he said, I, I look, I look. But I look at things that are unseen. Now, it's basic when we say, well, how do you look at something? That's, how do you look at something that's unseen? That's what Moses did. It says that when he hit the testimony of Moses, it said Moses gazed at him who was invisible. And therefore, he thought that the riches and the gold of Egypt were not to be desired because he had something better. He was gazing at him who is invisible. <laughs> I look at things that are not seen because the things that are not seen are eternal. See, words, you can't see them, but you've got to understand they carry eternal weight when they're the right words. But what you have to understand is, listen again, not casual conversation, but words that come from the heart, every word that comes from the heart, good or bad, carries spiritual force. So when God spoke to Adam, the very first words that tickled, I'm only doing, got three more minutes, four more minutes. The only, the, God, the very first vibrations, the very first sound that hit the ears of God's first man was he blessed. He said, multiply, replenish, subdue, dominion. If you, if, oh, oh, you can just grab. So when Adam stood up, I mean, the stuff that was in him, all he knew, all the the first consciousness that he had was, I'm here to subdue. I'm here to multiply. I'm here to replenish. I'm here to dominate. In other words, there's something in me that rules. God put him there to guard, guide, and govern. And it came alive to him. I wrote this the ancient notes of mine a long time ago. The moment God spoke to Adam, listen, please, the moment God spoke to Adam, these words carved out a chamber to hold all the fruit that the Father desired to burst forth from the character of those words. Listen, I've got it written here, another part of the old path. The Bible, where is that at? The Bible isn't a book of rules, it's a bag of seed. You can't get a manifestation without a seed. The manifestation, healing, miracle house, is not the blessing, but the glory, the flesh on the fruit that came from the word that had the blessing in it. 
See, the word is the seed, but the word has within itself the ability to bring itself to pass. Let me read it again. The moment God spoke to Adam, those words carved out a chamber to hold all the fruit that he desired to burst forth from the character of those words. The words, listen, the words created a form, a template that Adam was to conform to, just like a balloon within a balloon. Man was to expand into the form and the size of those words. Man was to expand into the form and into the character of those words. I live in a better kingdom than the ones around me right now. You live in a better kingdom. Don't let this kingdom speak louder to you. We are actually called Christians. I don't want churchgoers. I hope you understand my heart when I say that. Do I want that because of me? No, 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 no. I'm in the name. I, I know this sounds melodramatic and I always get frustrated. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, I really do want to see, as it were, an army of the Lord. I, I really do want to see a group of people that begin to walk in such agreement that they actually almost put God in a position where he's obligated to manifest. If two on earth would agree. Can you imagine if every one of us actually started to meditate on this and, and, and we just really came to grips with honesty? It's okay that we can talk, have fun, laugh together, and make jokes and stuff. That's all right, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody. But then we need to understand the difference between that and when our heart is engaged. And that's why the compassion of God has to rule, the love of God. This is why when you do look at somebody in a wheelchair, hopefully something on the inside goes, that's wrong. That is wrong. But see, most of us, I do too, we just go, well, that's, I guess, for another day. But see, at some point, at some point, see, this is why Tommy, like Tommy last week, you know, he said, you know, he just said he, God spoke to him about just a couple of people with pain in their shoulders and their arms. And he said, you know, but God is, and he said, then when he got up here and they came up, he said, but the Lord really, I think, tell me, he wants, you know, he wants you not to go away in faith. You're healed now. But, and listen. Somebody, we have to start risking. You know, like people have said a lot, people say, well, what if nothing happens? But then you have to think this way, but what if something does happen? The issue is fear. You've got to be delivered from the fear of man. See, I, I want all of you to feel like you can call out a healing. And you know what? If it doesn't happen right then, that there won't be one person in here that will make you feel funny about it. 
Because they'll go, well, hallelujah, let's keep trying. Let's keep trying. Because all we're wanting to do is do what he said we would do is to do the works he said we would do. Because I tell you, you we keep at it. You know what? He's faithful. It will happen. I've had people just ask me straight up, why don't you pray for them more? Because God's anointed me in this place. But I do pray for people, believe me. I've seen a lot. Of, but see, really what's happening in this moment in the age in the body of Christ is God's trying, he's been trying for a long time to get the attention off of here and to get the attention onto you because you're the ones that do the work of the ministry. You need to rise up and go, well, here I go. I got hands. It says those who believe will lay hands on the sick. So, Father, I just give you thanks today. <laughs> step by step, the old song, step by step, we're growing. <laughs> Father, thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus that you are taking us from strength to strength. And in the name of the Lord God, I'm telling you, Father, as for me and my house, we are going to take hold of the kingdom. I said we're going to take hold of the kingdom. The kingdom of God does suffer violence. And the violent do risk all to take it, to move forward and say, I'm going to take ground. Father, you know my heart. You've heard my cry. You've heard my prayers. I'm just trusting that your divine plan and truth begins to come so alive in every one of our people that, again, this supernatural expectation just takes over. I mean, takes over. I mean, takes over. Where every one of us, when we come in the church, we're just going, I wonder what God's going to do today. Amen? We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 